1: Hello and welcome to That Pregnancy Podcast. This week is the second part of Caitlin's story, where we talk about the birth of her second son, Grayson. I just want to remind you that if you have not listened to last week's episode, to stop and go listen to it right now, since last week we talked with Caitlin about her pregnancy and this week we're talking about her birth story. I also want to quickly invite you to join the new moms, like Caitlin, in our Mommy Mentorship Programme. Katie and I have talked about the huge need for new moms to have support, and we hope that you've lined up your friends and family to help once the baby arrives. However, there is something to be said about connecting with like-minded women online who are in the same season of life. Because these ladies aren't the people you see day to day, you're more open to asking for help and sharing struggles. We've created a really supportive group, and we'd like for you to join. You can go to mummymentorship.com to sign up. And of course, it is so much more than just a support group. It's the expert masterclasses, monthly guides, and our weekly live talks. All that for the price of a large pizza. With that, here's the episode. So you didn't have a scheduled C-section. You ended up having a vaginal birth. So do you want to talk a little bit about your birth story? Sure. Um,
2: So I went to my OBs, I think, on a Wednesday or Thursday. And I was 39 weeks at that point. And he's just turned to me. He's like, so do you want to schedule this baby's arrival? I was like, "Um, sure. Is, Is that an option? he's like yeah we can do it whenever you want which is very strange because with my first he wouldn't have that conversation until after my 40-week mark
1: like it was a reason why he was saying that was it
2: COVID was it having to do with your pregnancy I don't honestly I don't think there was a reason he just seemed on board with getting the baby out and I was okay with that, especially after having so much groin pain that I was, I was, I was done. I was ready to be done. <laughs> so he was asking me at 39 weeks, which kind of took me by surprise, but, uh, he ended up schedule scheduling me for an induction on the 21st, um, so I had to go in on the twenty, the day before and be checked to see uh, if I had dilated at all. Um, and if I hadn't, which I didn't, um, they ended up putting in an insert to help dilate. Um, and then I had to sit there for... I think it was like two hours, hour and a half, two hours, um, with them just monitoring the baby, which got to be very uncomfortable sitting in a bed for two hours not moving.
0: Was um, the insert was it the, the like the gel or was it like a Foley bulb? It was the gel. I think that it's
2: basically looks like a thin tampon. Yeah. So the the cervical gel. Yeah. Very uncomfortable. It felt very scratchy going in and was not comfortable whatsoever. Really? Yeah. I did not like that part. I didn't care for that part whatsoever. So I sat there for two hours. And then once, once that was over and done with, um, I drove out to my dad's because he was taking care of Lucas for the night. And I just remember like squeezing him so tightly because I was uncontrollably emotional about him not being my only baby anymore. (laughs) And I remember Kevin sitting there consoling me and just saying like, it's going to be fine. And everybody else was looking at me like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) I think every
1: mom has that moment, right? Like when you know you're gonna give birth to another baby, whether it's your second, your third, your fourth, your fifth, whatever. Yeah. And there's this big shift and what you currently have is being added to and you're kind of happy about it. But at the same time, there's like this emotional piece where you're like, you know, these, these two are not my, or this one's not my baby, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I-
0: I had the exact same thing while I was in labor about to go to the hospital with Finn. Like when I was, I was going up and Freya was asleep in her crib and I was up and Peter was like, come on, we got to go. We got to go. And I was like, (laughs) no, I have to say goodbye to her. And it was dark. He's like, you're going to wake her up. I'm like, no, like I need to. And my friend was just like, just let her be. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: didn't think I would be that emotional, but it just, like, all hit at once.
0: And I was a blubbering mess. It was, yeah. You're you're not alone in that. I think, like Amanda said, so common. Yeah. It's just, like, such an overwhelming time, though, too, right? Like, it's scary. You're excited, like Amanda said. But you're also like, oh, my God, is this really going to happen yeah oh my god I'm freaking out (laughs) I'm not gonna have two of them how am I gonna do
2: this all I want to do is cry (laughs) all of you both yes yeah that was how every emotion just came out was just in tears (laughs) so um but yeah so then we came home and pretty much got ready for bed and went to sleep um
0: did you keep Lucas at your dad's like, was he staying over at your dad's? So you just went to see him or did he, you bring him home with you?
2: No, he stayed there. He's, he was staying the night there. The next couple nights. Anyways, looking back, I would definitely do that differently. I would have him here at home where he's comfortable and have somebody come stay here because that was rough on him and no, hearing that it was rough on him and not being able to go there and comfort him was very difficult. I got to the point that I almost told Kevin, he needed to leave. Like once, once Grayson was here and stuff, I, I almost got to the point of saying like, you need to leave and go and get Lucas and take him home because he needs to be at home. He doesn't sound like he's
0: doing well. Um, Because like he wasn't sleeping or he was just, having some behavior stuff or
2: yeah he wasn't sleeping he wasn't eating properly he just he was fighting with everybody he was just not himself He was just out of sorts yeah 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 so so we came home pretty much went to sleep um I was supposed to the nurse well when I was getting um I guess, discharged on, on the 20th, basically said like, okay, enjoy your sleep. When you wake up, like have a nice shower and then give us a call and we'll get a bed set up for you. She's like, I know you've done this. So get as much sleep as possible. <laughs> I was like,
0: okay, that's my plan. I think that's so funny though. Like honestly, cause how do you go to sleep being like, I could, like, I'm going to have a baby tomorrow. Like, I don't know how Amanda did it, knowing, like, I'm going in for a (laughs) C-section at 7 a.m. Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, how do you sleep? You don't
1: really. You go to sleep for a little bit, and you end up waking up early because you're, like, you
2: know. Excited, nervous. Yeah. 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 So, I was supposed to call it 7 in the morning to see if they had a bed for me. Um, But Grayson had different plans. (laughs) I started having contractions about one o'clock in the morning and they came fast and hard, a lot faster than with Lucas. Really? Yeah. Like doubled over before I even left the house (laughs) and we got to the hospital by like two o'clock. So with COVID, you had to, and because it was that night, you had to go into the emergency and kind of like uh, pre-register, check-in basically. Um, And the eMERGE person would then take you over to labor and delivery, where then they would check you and make sure you're actually in labor. I had to stop multiple times walking from Emerge to labor and delivery in the middle of the big foyer that they have and just like try and catch my breath. I remember two nurses walking to go out for their break or something and I was perfectly hidden behind like a a post in the um, lobby, and so the girl that's taking us from emerge is standing a bit up front of us, and the nurses kind of like looked at her and were just like, uh, "What are you? What are you doing out here? What are you waiting for?" And then they saw me finally, and they're like, "Oh, never mind, we'll leave you alone," <laughs> and just like kept walking. And I was just like, "Yep, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm coming, I'm coming." And I got to labor and delivery and a nurse that I had for my first delivery that thank goodness didn't stick around for the first delivery was standing there ready to like take me in. And I just remember thinking like, oh my God, oh my God, no, I can't like, I can't have this nurse And Kevin looked at me like this isn't gonna go well whatsoever. She with my first was and okay, with your first, like you need somebody that's gonna tell you what what's going on, what to expect, and somebody to kind of take control of the situation. And she is not that nurse. Um granted, great nurse. But just, like, very airy and does not take control of the situation whatsoever. And I was just like, I'm going to have this baby and she's going to be standing there. (laughs) I can't handle this. Did did she actually end up staying? No, thank God. (laughs) I I think, like, it was just like this sense of dread that came over both Kevin and I and he's just like oh my god I can't even believe this
0: is actually happening Um, why because it was kind of like a joke like oh we're gonna have this nurse again or why not have this nurse
2: yeah he's I'm pretty sure he made the joke of like imagine we have her again and I was just like no like don't put that out there and sure enough like we walk in and she's standing right there she's like oh my god I I can't do this I can't do this
0: I'm just gonna hold off until tomorrow till shift change we'll we'll wait a couple hours here
2: um yeah so we got to our room and at that point they basically admitted me because I was clearly in labor <laughs> i don't think any of them second guessed that one um and they brought kevin in and it got changed and the monitors went on um and they started taking all of my information and right away they said like do you want an epidural and i said yes I'm not making that mistake again. (laughs) As soon as you can get that person down here, the better. Uh,
0: So you said that they brought Kevin in. Was it because of COVID that he wasn't allowed to, like, so going to triage and emerge and then, you know, making that long arduous walk from triage, from emerge (laughs) to labor and delivery through the lobby. Was that all by yourself because of COVID? Or was Kevin with you?
2: Kevin was with me for that part. Um, they just, for the part of being admitted, he had to sit and wait. Um, but when they clearly saw that I was in labor, they're like, okay, like she's not going anywhere. He can come in. Um, and so that's when he came in, but also with COVID, like, their suggestion was to literally bring everything in with you to the room when you got there. So that like you weren't going in and out. So like we had everything. I think we got to leave the car seat, but other than that he was carrying everything. And at the time he wasn't allowed to leave. So we had snacks and meals and such for him.
0: Once you got admitted did they check you to see how dilated you were? Yes. So at that point,
2: I was four centimeters. So they broke my water, which also happened with Lucas. And then after that, things just like progressed really quickly, like really quickly. I had barely any time between contractions and they were trying to ask me questions. And then she would look up from her board and she's like, oh, I'll give you a second. And then, well, thank goodness, the epidural came. Um, and to this day, I have no idea what an epidural needle looks like. Because I have never looked. You don't, you don't want to know. Which is how I feel. Um, but I had somebody ask me that question. I was like, I don't know. You'd yeah. have to ask Kevin.
0: and And listeners... If you're thinking of an epidural, you probably don't want to look at it. Don't Google it. It's not. It's not a good thing. (laughs) Like the epidural is great if that's what you want. Yes. I. You know, like the medication is great. The, you know, no. There's no shade or no shame in getting an epidural. I love them. Um, And there's no shame or shade to not having them. But don't Google it. Just save yourself that. Save yourself from that.
2: um and so this time I had a a female put my epidural in and she was fantastic like really quick and it was amazing right away she turned it up and turned it off um and was just like you should feel a lot less really quickly I was like great thank you <laughs>
0: I I feel like female anesthesiologists in labor and delivery, they just get it. They're like, let's they, just crank it. Let's just yeah. crank it up. Yeah. The one thing that was different, which I didn't
2: realize, I think until later, was um they never put in a catheter. Really? Which I was kind of wondering. Maybe they just thought like, oh, like she's progressing quickly. It's not like she's going to have the epidural for long. Um,
0: But I thought that was really strange. That is really strange because normally when you get an epidural, they have to put a catheter in because you're immobile. Yeah, exactly. So, and with my first,
2: I had a lot of swelling. So like they left the catheter in longer. So that's why I was, wasn't sure or concerned semi-concerned that I didn't actually have one this time around because if I was just as swollen um they probably wouldn't have been able to put one in
0: that's really interesting I guess ultimately if you don't have one in you just pee and they change the bed like they change the mat underneath but yeah it's really interesting that you didn't have a catheter like I said I don't think I truly realized it until
2: after he was born and we were just kind of hanging out in the room (laughs) waiting for everything to be cleaned up and, and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, so like right away I started feeling like I could actually breathe again because during this entire time, like I have a mask on. Um, The only time I was allowed to take it off, was um when there weren't nurses or doctors in the room which at that point wasn't wasn't often and it was just easier to leave it on than try and mess with it in the middle of a contraction so
1: did you have to leave it on for pushing as well
2: yeah oh wow yeah the Only I took it off at the very end because it was like I felt like I just couldn't catch my breath. Um, I just asked asked one of the nurses, I'm like, can I just pull this down for just a little bit? And she's like, yeah, go ahead. Um, Because like they're all fully gowned, face shields, masks. Like they all had extra gowning compared to when I delivered Lucas, strictly because of COVID
1: yeah so they were protected so I know I've heard of some women they wear the mask and then when they push they let them take the mask off but every hospital is different right
0: I I pushed with the mask on
1: yeah you did too
0: yeah Yeah, I did yeah I think the
2: last like push or two is when I asked if I could just pull it down just so I could get
0: some extra, extra breath in there. That was um, very polite of you to ask if you yeah, could take it off, yeah. take it off instead of just ripping it off. Be like, just just it off.
2: It off. Well, like, out. yeah, exactly. And like s- dripping with sweat <laughs> and just like feeling super muggy and contained with my face. And it was, yeah. I was How- ready for that to be off.
0: So, how long between epidural and pushing, how long of time span were you? Was that? Do you know, Um, like, do you have any sense of the time? I'm trying to. Um, I think. Or if it's easier, so you got to the hospital, say, 2 a.m. Yeah. What time was Grayson born? Like, what was that span? Was it super fast? It was.
2: He was born at. 6.04 6.04 a.m. or p.m. A.m. So like for me, that was really fast because Lucas was uh, almost nine o'clock at night. And I had my contractions started pretty much the same time with both of them.
0: As in like the middle of the night, more early morning, early morning. Yeah, I got my
2: epidural. I want to say probably around four o'clock by the time, like I got in and, um, everything had kind of settled a little bit. Um, and then maybe it was later, um, because they didn't check me until after I got Like, recheck me until after I got the epidural, and I was already at like nine centimeters. Wow. Yeah. Um, And then they pulled out the dreaded peanut. Oh, you got the peanut ball. I hate the peanut ball, like, hate it with a passion. (laughs) It was
0: awful. Well, explain why you hate it for our listeners. So, the peanut ball is a peanut-shaped giant labor ball, like giant, not a small peanut whatsoever. It is giant. It's peanut-shaped, and yes, it's used to help to kind of help you progress in your labor. Yeah, but they wanted to. They wanted to try and
2: get his head down further. Okay. Um, But the immense pressure that like I instantly felt. And I, at this point, like the epidural is working and working well. And the immense pressure that I felt as soon as I had to use that was
0: so painful. Wow, even through the epidural, it was painful yeah i
2: was I was so uncomfortable. I was two hand gripping the sidebar of the hospital bed because I also had to be on my side um and so I felt pressure all along my back and all through my groin out, and that was yeah. because of the peanut because of the peanut,
0: yeah. You say that with so much <laughs> hatred and <laughs> so much hatred. Like
2: you, you say peanut and you think like small to maybe a medium size. This is like a regular yoga ball squished into a peanut form. And it was just so uncomfortable. I I hated every minute of it. I remember like looking at Kevin and just being in so much pain and he, he looked like he was like, I, I don't know how to help you. I don't know what to do or say, but I did the trick. I got him down there and he was born shortly after I, I, don't remember pushing for very long, um, and it must have gone fairly well because with my first, um, they had to suction him out. Um, whereas with Grayson, I didn't, I didn't need the suction, which was wonderful. With the vacuum.
1: Yeah. Did you have the
2: peanut ball for Lucas? No.
1: No, just Grayson.
2: I think they
0: Im- implemented it later, like maybe a year or two ago. Like a as in, like, a, as in, like a new purchase.
1: Yeah. So, how much time was there from when you arrived at the hospital to when Grayson was born?
2: I want to say it was less than four hours.
1: Yeah. So it was yeah. that was fairly fairly quick then.
0: Well, yeah. they they do say that you you know every subsequent pregnancy your labor and delivery tends to be faster that's kind of like the old the belief right because your body Mm -hmm. is more efficient it kind of knows what it's doing and generally speaking they do say every you know second baby comes faster than the first third baby comes faster than the second
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and so it was true for you oh yeah
2: i did not think it was going to be that fast whatsoever i thought maybe like he would be born around like noon to early afternoon Um, but i was also anticipating going in for an induction
0: um and that didn't happen with um with your labor and delivery being so fast like under four hours which is a fast delivery um Did you have any tearing? Because that can sometimes go along with, you know, a really speedy delivery.
2: Um, I had a little bit, but I think I only had maybe one or two stitches.
0: Oh, Um, so you just had a first degree tear.
2: Yeah, it was. I had more with Lucas. Actually, did I even tear? I don't think I tore with Grayson. I think that I had from when I gave birth to uh, Lucas, I had extra skin that just hadn't healed properly. So I think that's, he cleaned that up and just stitched that up. I don't think I actually tore.
0: So are you telling me that your delivering doctor decided to give you some aesthetics, pick up some aesthetics from your previous delivery? And I was very happy that he
2: did it because <laughs> it was the stuff that he cleaned up was annoying me. So well, that was nice of him. It was. It was very nice of him. I and would I, I would take him as a doc as a delivering doctor again. For sure. So what wasn't your OB then that delivered? No, it wasn't. Oh,
0: well, so. that's very sweet of him. Yeah, I was really happy. Yeah, he was great
2: bedside manner. Um, So polite was always like super polite to the nurses and like when he came in like introduced himself and
0: yeah so <laughs> you didn't tear he cleaned you up he cleaned and did me. some did some aesthetic work for you which was so kind of him so kind of him was and I uh, was Grayson when he was born everything was okay um no he he had
2: he had jaundice. Um, okay. Um, mainly because of his the fact that he's A positive. Um, that's kind of what it is. Billy Rubin was high, um and just wasn't coming down. Um, right. So we had to do light therapy. Um. For basically an entire day, I think it was. Um, which was a whole new experience because I never never had that with Lucas. Um, yeah,
0: that, that's hard. Blue light, like... Yeah. yeah. High jaundice, uh, that's a really scary thing. Very common, but scary. Yeah. So I basically just... At that
2: point, like with COVID, you basically just can't leave your room. Um, Kevin would go for meals and stuff, but I basically just sat on the bed holding Grayson with his, his blanket on, like his blue blanket, um, his, his blue light blanket. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they didn't, they didn't need to take him, um, out of our room. Like they were fine with him staying there and just being in the blanket with us, um, which was good. I was, I was glad he didn't have to leave and leave our side. Um, but yeah, so then at that point, that was when we were getting messages about Lucas. And that's when I was like, Kevin, if I have to stay another night, I need you to go home and get Lucas. Like, Grace and I will be okay. We'll do what we have to do here and you just go and take care of him. So um, we ended up, his levels... Uh, decreased enough that we ended up staying an extra half a day from when we should have left um, like we should have gotten discharged first thing in the morning um and we ended up getting discharged around like dinner time just after dinner time,
0: oh, so he recovered pretty like his levels levels uh cleared up and decreased and pretty quickly then so that's a good yeah so we went into outpatient
2: um at that point um he had to come back for blood work fall like follow-up um to make sure that his levels were still good at a bit at a billy clinic yeah yeah um so I think we did that twice and this after the second one, we got fully discharged. Um, so that was good. It was stressful for sure. Um, just like getting home and having that extra little bit of of worry because of his high levels that I was, I was happy once we were fully discharged and, and we could start working on, you know, getting, getting things back to normal
0: at home. And when you got ones. home, how was Lucas? Was he excited
2: um, for Grayson? He was so excited. He, he was so excited to see me. And then, so while we were in the hospital, like we would FaceTime with Lucas because, um, at the time we weren't allowed visitors into the hospital. So that would have been the first time that Lucas got to meet Grayson. So he, he saw him via FaceTime, um, and was super excited. And then, so when we got home, he was very excited, wanted to hold him right away. And. So they sat on the couch and just cuddled for like five, 10 minutes. And then Lucas had to go to bed. So it was was just adorable seeing them interact and being so loving. It's one of those moments you'll never forget, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I still look at the pictures and... It just like melts my heart. So um, he kept saying, hi, baby. Hi, baby. Hi, baby. And then he would be like, I love you and give him kisses. And I just, I was
0: like, this is my Lucas. (laughs) Aw. My my not so little Lucas anymore. Um, It's amazing how all of a sudden your little baby isn't so little anymore when there's an actual little baby beside them. I know.
2: Yeah. In that moment, he just like, he seemed so grown up. Yeah. It's so big. It's pretty shocking. Yeah. I had never, never seen him in that light before. So it was, it was was a change of, of view. And, um, although it was a bit of a struggle for a few weeks after that, um, just, The novelty of of a new baby wore off for Lucas and um, he had some acting out periods. But I would say like now I see that they will both be best friends for the rest of their lives. The love connection between the two of them is. Adorable. Lucas. Lucas. If Grayson's sitting in his high chair getting upset because the food isn't ready fast enough, um, Lucas will go over and just act silly so that Grayson just sits there laughing and buys me five more minutes of of getting stuff ready. And every night before bed, Lucas wants a hug and a kiss from Grayson just so that they have have that extra little connection but yeah I love my boys they're so cute
1: well thank you so much for sharing your story we really appreciate it thank you for listening to this episode of that pregnancy podcast if you have any questions comments or ideas for an upcoming show we would love to hear from you you can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram we are at best life moms club until next time